Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. Me legal counsel. Wake up in the morning after the weekend to get an update on the NRL. My legal counsel. It's of the weekend scandals on Monday. A story from Jack about a urinal. My legal counsel. Welcome back to Legal Counsel, coming at you live on a dreary, drizzly, quite cold Sunday afternoon in Sydney, Portier. Looks as though that could have large implications on maybe a dour affair at Bankwest Stadium at 4pm, Dragons Eels. As always, calling ex-Hong Kong board member, ex-Hong Kong Rugby League International, famous for singing the national anthem louder and more passionate than anyone in the jersey before him, Jack, how's it going, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Same weather down here in Malcolm, to be honest. Uh, just drew it re- oh, Actually, the sun came out a little bit today. Just trying to dry the bloody clothes. Um, the, the, the washer here, um, the, whatever it is, didn't really dry them properly. Uh, and I have been known to sing the New Zealand national anthem before. Um, you know, Kiwi kangaroos test quite vehemently as well. Um, which is in my native language, Tedeo. Um, yeah, I would love to see that um, next time. The king. Well, so Kiwis have got Tonga. When's that? That's in maybe. No, that's in June. In June. Okay, so there's no more Anzac tests now, which is a shame. That was always a good. It was a good game, probably more so for us than the um, than the Australians. Uh, we always got we got dogged. We got absolutely dogged in terms of clubs saying, "Oh, somebody need is is." taking a niggle like just yeah. ridiculous like at least now and that just didn't i mean it was good in that we fired up and got emotional about it but we could never get a good team out we we generally get better teams out at the end of the season because mm. there's less excuse oh yeah there's off-season surgery but the anzac test clubs were just going like oh no he's got a little niggle can't well, play do you remember 2014 when i think sunny bill who was notoriously for looking after his body um pulled out of the anzac test and 2013. You, 2013, and you saw on Instagram that he was going to an A-League grand final, and you found yep. out that he was actually in the upper echelon of the stands, and you had a red-hot go at him saying, if you can walk up the stairs um, to the SFS, then you can certainly play an Anzac test, and then he blocked you. <laughs> yeah, I've been blocked by a few people. Your famous blocking on uh, Twitter was from Piggy Riddell, wasn't it? Yeah, Piggy Riddell. See, Piggy Riddell this week came out and said that he faked his birth certificate to get an extra year on his career. And he said, he reckons all the boys do. He goes, go back and have a look at um, Regina or um, Stimrel rugby league cards. And you could almost, in, in the early 90s, late 90s, go and minus a year off every single person's birthday. Um, he reckons it's almost like the Pakistani cricket team. Really? I mean, that's something that I thought is... I mean, but, but, but I, don't, I don't get what it achieves. Well, I guess if you're 31, rather yeah. than 30... So take someone like Blake Green, who's kind of in that 31, 32, and you're looking at offering him a three-year deal or maybe a four-year deal. One year makes a uh, massive difference, doesn't it? Yeah, okay. Okay, that's where you... Because I was just thinking, well, it doesn't... I mean, if you're 32 or 33, if you're playing well, um, yeah, I guess people are thinking long-term. Yeah, not a bad idea, but then it's... 
that's fraud. If you're actually manipulating a birth certificate, he should be up again. Like, that's just ridiculous. I know. But, hey, until he gets caught, he's but, looking... Sorry, he, that's the, probably the least of his um, criminal activities that Piggy Riddell gets up to. Exactly. I mean, I could... I could I can imagine Piggy's got a few different stories. He's been to be doing a few other, uh, let's say, um, activities that are not legal in the uh, Western suburbs. Mm. Um, speaking of the Eels, Blake Ferguson, is he back today? Uh, yeah, he is, because he was back last week. That nose injury of his, was his nose got spread across his face. Like I haven't seen a nose injury like that for a long time. That was real bad. So, broken noses these days, in contact sport in general, they don't really stop you doing anything, do they? Like, if you get a broken nose, you pretty much just play the week after. Is that because I don't think once it's broken, they can't do any more damage? Well, what's the story? Like, they just, people have a blatant disregard for broken noses, is what I'm trying to get to. Yeah, but I mean, what is it? Does it doesn't... And as long as you, I mean, what's the worst case scenario on a broken nose? One, I guess your looks, and then it's probably not good for your job interviews for like I don't know a um, security guard post career. Um, but <laughs> otherwise, it's just basic. Well, it's probably good for a security guard post career because you actually look more intimidating. Mm. But otherwise, uh, as long as your airway is, um, you can still get air through it. I mean, if you if you actually purely block. Like it's cut off the um, path of uh, yeah, you're still going to survive. You just have to breathe through your mouth. Have you had it's a broken like... nose before? Uh, don't think so. I got I got one um, about fifteen, and I was at a I think it was an ex girlfriend's house at the time. She was having a birthday, and she started going out with this guy. She, was, she was probably about sixteen, and she started out going with a fucking Darrow. He was probably about twenty twenty one. Um, and he was, got real drunk real quickly and I was just chatting to a, someone else in the, in the room next door I didn't have any of my mates there, it was just me and this bloke just came up behind me and sucker punched me from behind and broke my what? nose fuck from someone sucker punched you it's from behind like the kitchen of like a um, of a house <laughs> and I was just floored after that and a few of his mates were there so there's probably nothing really I could have done Plus, I was bringing weird on, like 70 kgs. Holes in this story. Okay. An ex-girlfriend's house that yeah. had started a new boyfriend. What were you even doing around there? Oh, maybe I was just still mates with her or something. Fuck, I don't know. It was a long time ago. And um, how did someone break... Has he gone from an uppercut from behind? No, yeah, he's actually gone like almost... So closed fist, like stiff arm from behind. Or maybe he like slightly oh, approaching. Yeah, yeah, and what? Like, was there any chat prior to the? Uh, Absolutely uh, not. I, I could see him just staring me across the room. He was old. What age? <laughs> it's about twenty twenty one. What a dog! Act. I know, mate. Real dog. Wow. Um, and then, and then you. But did you have any other mates there? No. So hey. you're carrying on. You go down. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I went down. What a dog! Yeah, it's a real Jeez. dog act. Yep. He played Rara, didn't he? No, it was a different time that I got sucker punched. It was a, probably a theme coming on here, um, me getting punched from behind. But um, Play base. Yeah, uh, so I was lining up, actually, and a mate of ours, Andre Alaparte, was um, giving some... Lining up, uh, yeah, lining up to the Mint in Crime Scene, which yeah. formerly known as the Bridge and Mad Cow, following that. Yeah. And... Um, Alapati was getting given this big guy shit, and then he just punched me, thinking it was me, and my nose was splashed across my face again. So <laughs> didn't have much luck. 
Um, anyway, back to Blake Ferguson. He's probably the, he's the Eels. If you walk in, if you walk into a, um, I don't I don't notice that your nose is broken by other uh, people. So did you get it fit straight? No, nah, I didn't. My, okay, so it can. Yeah. yeah, but I, I, I think I probably could have played footy, put it that way. And maybe I even did a week later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So back to Blake. He's the Eels' best player right now, isn't he? He is, he is like, he's, he's better good. than... Now, the Gutho saga's been dragging on... Blake has Blake's been a fan of this um, podcast. We've, we've seen, because he's played against our favourite uh, rep football side and, and played some phenomenal football. Blake is a fucking good player he's always in the top handful of wingers but he's one of the very few players that just gets better and better um once he starts playing rep football he's got to go back to new south wales are going to pick him don't they uh and they will oh no because they got in trouble at that lennox head hotel didn't they him and Uh, dukes having a dukes but that was pre-fitler so that that was on losses that was on losses watch yeah, yeah, yeah. I Which, mean, who, yeah, who are you going right. to more likely go out on a Sunday and drink piss on his watch? I'll give you a few people's watches. Now tell me who you're going to abuse. Like, Laurie Daly, Brad Fittler, yeah, Ricky yeah, Stewart, yeah. Craig Bellamy, and who oh, I for another New South Wales coach out there? Phil Gould. Gus. Uh, I'd do it on Gus and uh, you would Laurie's. would do it on Gus's watch. Okay, I do it on Freddie's and Laurie's. No, I think the difference between Freddie and Laurie, both of them probably not disciplinarians. I think Laurie, you just know that he wouldn't do shit about it. Nice guy. With him, so you'd know. But Freddie, I reckon you you would just kill yourself if you found out because you just love the larrikin so much and you just wouldn't do it in the end. Laurie, you go, oh, look, hopefully he doesn't find out. If Loz does find out, he probably won't do anything about it. But we're talking the way they pictured um, Fergo and Dugs at that Linux Head Hotel was basically having two schooners each mm. sitting out with their sunglasses out on in the sun. They were actually behaving, weren't they? It was two, two, three yeah. days before kickoff. Like that's that's where you just, as a coach, you just, you just try and put up, or maybe the media uh, put up, like literally two schooners is not that bad on a. I think in the sun, just having a yarn about you know your finances and what your plans are post footy and shit. I mean, in big games, you're usually pretty nervous beforehand. So like you've got it, getting out and about and just calming the nerves. I mean, I honestly think having a beer at the pub, two max, is still fine. But again, you, being seen you know, is the worst thing, isn't it? Well, I guess they were losing at that time, right? So it's mm. just it's pure. Um, uh, what's that word? Uh, uh, oh fuck! I forgot what that word is. Like image. Like mm. if they'd won, everyone would have said, "Oh yeah, no, nah, they did well. You know, they, yeah, they've got a good." Freddie's team. bringing I mean, it just... back, or Laurie's bringing it back to basics, and they're doing what they used to do. It's all about winning. It's funny. Yeah, but I was I, at the... I, I, I sent you a photo uh, from Wagga uh, on Friday, mm. and I don't know if he's winding me up, but he had a photo of him and Jared Croker at the because they had the Wagga races on Friday. Mm-hmm. So they're making a big weekend of it because they had the first grade game there yesterday. Mm. And he was having a photo of Jared Croker mm. and Jared Croker was holding a beer on the Friday prior to the Saturday game. Oh, I just can't imagine Jared Croker, the captain of Canberra, doing that. 
Yeah, I think he might have. I think if I picked, I think the photo actually was from Randwick, so I think it was a wind up. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. You're answering your own question, aren't you? Um, so and that's one beer. If you had one beer before I tour first grade games, that not good enough. It's fine. It's fine. It's funny though. Speaking of origin, it's around that time. How like long ago does that 2014 victory from New South Wales seem? I was at the pub on Friday night in Randwick, the dog, and watching a bit of league, watching um, a real horrible pub game, Cowboys Titans, followed by the Shark Storm. And they had a memorabilia on the wall of the 2014 New South Wales team that won under Laurie. And I just yep. couldn't remember it. And then I saw in the, the Changing Sheds hey. photo after the game was, um, was Aaron Woods with his head taped. And I was like, that's when he did that stupid high five and ended up falling over the back of um, whoever scored that try. And then, it's, yeah, then it came flooding back. It was the Hayne, the Robbie Farrar. Um, but yeah, Reynolds that, was in there, wasn't he? Uh, I think... Josh Reynolds was in the halves with Maloney. Yeah, quite. Because um, I always remember Josh Reynolds. He won a... Or was it Hodkinson? I'm sure Josh Reynolds was involved somewhere because someone said the other day that they got rid of him the next year. And then they're, they're saying, that oh, you know, this, there's this argument about whether you pick Cleary and Maloney this year, even though they're probably... Their club's last, basically. I think... Um, the winning culture. I think Kerry just on pure form. I mean, Kerry's as good a the first. What are we now? Round eight. Um, Kerry's as good a player so far through eight rounds as anyone. He's certainly in the top three. So I think you have to put Kerry, and then it's around just a combination. And Cody Walker on form deserves to be there as well. But I just don't think they'll pick. I just don't think they'll see him as an Origin type player. Meaning Nathan Cleary and Luke Kerry as your halves. Would you disagree with that? Oh, no, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with it. I think you've got to... Well, I wouldn't disagree with it. I mean, to be honest, they're all much of a muchness. Um, but it's a good segue into what I did want to ask you. Is, I'm, I'm about to start, start to give um, Jack Whiten some props. Mm-hmm. Like we, as a, you know, we're a pretty mature podcast. We, I think we sometimes start, stand up and have to say, look, we... Full start. Well, we no, we didn't because he was a dick. He was a dick, and he he wasn't a very good player. Mm-hmm. But he's doing very well for the Raiders at five eight. And yeah. I I I yep. think Ricky could, I, I slagged Ricky off as I've done in the past. But I'm going to say Ricky, you've done well with him. Like it's a hard spring that a lot of leagueies would have thought wouldn't work. Yeah, look, we we went into the the. The halves pairing last week, and they unfortunately went down to Manly at Brookie. Um, and many were saying this week that Panthers, including myself, just have to get a win. Um, being that it's just the NRL is a game of streaks or is a sport of streaks. You can't win that many in a row, no. or you can't lose that many in a row. Which I just thought the natural order of the NRL would have would have restored itself yesterday. With the Panthers, but Jack Wyden was a big reason why they won that game. Just he's just a ball running six, and he's actually got a little bit more. Um, his distribution skills have probably improved in, in, during the off season. He's doing a pretty yeah. good job. And Sam Williams is I mean, just a nice little organizer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty invisible, which I guess is probably what you want. You know, I mean, he's invisible because yeah. he's not howling air as tight. I think the thing that bodes really well for the Raiders, and I'm starting to come. I'm starting to think they are a top four side. Is Absolutely that they are. Basically, 
basically the man the Mounties are carving up in um in uh, New South Wales Cup too. So there's that, and then like as soon as they got an injury to like uh, Rapana, uh, not Rapana, um, mm-hmm. Lailua, but Oldfield comes in and does a job. And no, he's, he's Rapana just... was injured, yeah. so Oldfield uh, started. No, and Lailua was injured too. So Lailua did didn't play yesterday. Did BJ not play yesterday? No, BJ didn't play or Rapana, and they had Oldfield and Simon Simonson. So I mean, oh. they've just got a good. Those guys are standing up. They're coming in and doing a job. Well, that's... And like Chuck Nickel Clock's dead. <laughs> Far out. That's I mean, six and two. I mean, start talking about the white V. Now, that's six and two. Chance, chance is never going to make the white V. We've got too much depth. But no Joseph Tarpane, no BJ Leilua, no Jordan Rapana, and they beat the Panthers... The yeah. Panthers can't support goal points. They are look. They look so bad. And how bad is RCG? You've never liked them, have you? Regan Cat Gillard. Nah, he is as I've said countless times. If he didn't have a funny mustache, I mean, he is the second coming of Tim Grant. Yeah. And, and, and do you know what's so ironic is that Tim Grant's now taking his place in the starting lineup. <laughs> Oh, and Kikau's injured, I think, long-term. Is that what's came out of yesterday? Yeah, Billy Kikau's injured long-term. Don't know how bad. John Bateman's got a relatively serious injury too. I hope he is fine because he's been the fine of the year. I mean, most talented um, international loving league players or pundits knew that Bateman was good, but I don't think anyone knew he was this good, did they? Because it's hard to compare the Super League. I slagged him off and said he's going to be too small, but he's just one of those guys that, you know, if you look at the numbers, wingspan, heights, weight, etc., you never. Get any, but he can just break tackles. Like he's if he stood, if he came down to the pub, like he'd be quite cut, I guess. But if he wore um, an ill-fitting t-shirt, he'd look like us. But he just, well, he'd be <laughs> way smaller than us, and he just breaks t- uh, tackles like nobody's. But the first one, people just can't. You know, you would have played those sort of guys in contact sports, right? Why run, they run up. Try and tackle them, and it's like, I'm going to waste this guy. Oh, he's just, he wires his way out of it. Wiry is the word. And it's not, it's, a, it's, it's kind of, yeah. they're not muscle, they're not skinny. They're not muscle bound, but they're kind of in that awkward in-between phase. It's hard when you tackle them. This hurts. And they, and they sort of get their body in a funny position as soon as you make contact. And they sort of slip like an eel. Mm. Um, so, Raiders, are you prepared to say they're a top four side now? Yes. Are you? Mate, well, I, think calling it all, I, mean, I, I think that they are... They're, they're, they're going to contend for the top two. I heard a league pundit during the week saying the Roosters-Raiders uh, grand final was a, is the favourite at uh, Sportsbet. Nah, Roosters-Rabbitoses. I, I believe that. Roosters-Rabbitoses. I'll look it up now. I don't think you can even get those odds, can you? Yeah, you can. Futures... I can I don't use Sportsbet very well, then. NRL Futures. So what Titans-Cowboys playing? What's that? So you can get a Titans-Cowboys... Um, oh, they'll just do... Uh, oh, look, Roosters, Roosters is $2.88 and Rabbitohs is $5. So that's that's obviously the most common grand final. Two mate the GF. Um, no, no, it's not two mate the GF. I can't find two mate the GF. They don't do odds like that. I think you can find them on certain ones, but... Top four finish. What about this? Let's go. Roosters a dollar six. Melbourne a dollar fifteen. 
South Sydney $1.18. Canberra $2.11 to make the top four. Fill your boots. Back to um, back to the storm. I am not impressed. This is the worst I've seen a storm side in oh, here a we long, go. long, 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 long time. Okay, they eight. struggled past the Cowboys. They were lucky to beat the Dogs in Melbourne. They were even more lucky to beat the Warriors in Melbourne. They just narrowly lost a blockbuster to the Roosters. But that was, if you go back to that Roosters side, they had about six or seven first graders out that game. They had a lot of that. So they lost to a pretty fucking raggedy Roosters side um, in terms of how good they are. And they have now lost an away game to a depleted Sharks side. They they are not going to challenge. Sorry, I know I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't go against Bellamy in the Bellamy Smith era. Timestamp list. I just don't see it. And they showed against the Roosters that, yes, they may not be in the finest form, but it's the Melbourne Storm we're talking about. Nah. Brody Croft, I know he won that game with a nice field goal, but I feel like his combination with Cameron Munster, um, and I was talking to the, about this uh, with Mickey Darling the other day, it's just he, Munster's trying to do too much, and he is actually playing averagely. He's trying to do absolutely everything, and then they don't have Billy Slater. I think Billy Slater's organisational um, playmaking Jeff. ability is underrated. And his playmaking ability is quite good. Who's? Jazz. Mm. Yeah. Mate, sometimes I wonder if you watch League. He's okay. Yeah. Jerome Hughes is okay. He's only got 21st grade. If they're under I his just belt. Don't, I just don't rate the storm. What's happened with Curtis Scott? I heard on Twitter saying that what he's done has severely fallen him out with the storm. And in the next few weeks, he may. They actually said at the time that may have been his last game for the club. And that was just a rumour. Well, here, but he usually has quite good mail. Um, I did see him sitting on the bench with the players on uh, Friday night, so I, I sort of was fairly positive for him. So, but, but, but they didn't pick him. They, they, they do need back. That Seve guy doesn't seem to do much. I don't even know who he is, Marion Seve. What's his What's He's, his background? Uh, I'd imagine it sounds Samoan to me. Yeah, maybe it's Samoan. But yeah, he hasn't. Blown us away, I guess. No, so I, I, I mean, back to the storm. That they are not, they're not doing it for me at the moment. Um, you just come up with something really rare. I mean, obviously, when you see me the agenda through midweek, there's there's a few things that um, I don't even understand, and this is one of them. The top of the agenda was something around carrying one player into touch. Now, I want you to take a big deep breath before you explain this. And are you fair, Dinkum, or are you just? legitimately thinking of something ridiculous. No, no, okay, here it is. So, you know how from a kickoff mm-hmm. or from even a kick and play, mm-hmm. if you catch it and can put your back foot out over the touchline mm-hmm. for like a, um, if it's Leverage. a kick and general play, it's, it's out on the full, right? Mm-hmm. Well, if you're receiving a kickoff, you can sort of stretch your back leg out, get it over line and catch it, mm-hmm. and it's judged as going out on the full. Mm-hmm. So my theory is, and this, the, the first theory I don't think is going to work because it's just a, but it could change the complexion of our game. 
you you know how in Rara back in the day, or well, they still do, they lift the people in the lineouts. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you got a light guy in the sort of halfback position, and you and you had two big fellas? So you you're wasting three players, or well, not wait, you're wasting two here because they have to go around them. They start outside the dead ball line, all mm-hmm. the three players, and then as soon as the guy kicks it off, you lift him up. And then you position him to where the ball's going to land, right? And he catches it. And then his last, so his last, when he left the ground, he was outside the field of play, way past the dead ball line. And now let's say he, you've lifted him up and he catches it on the goal line. And then you just drop him. And then the ref goes, penalty back at halfway. Uh, that ball was kicked out on the fall from the kickoff. So. Are you asking me why don't people do this? Or you're saying, as a theory, would it be allowed in the rules? Because I'm going to say no to both. Okay, so why... Well, it's just okay, so... you, you aren't allowed to lift players in rugby league. Like, I remember they did it, so... in the rules. You don't know the rules. I just think that common sense prevails in this one. Now, even in rugby union, once when... Um, someone was taking a penalty shot at goal, and it was within the letter of the law at the time. It was probably about 97, 98. The Queensland Reds lifted up John Eels, who caught the penalty? The penalty what? shot at goal? Do you remember from that? From behind the post. What is that? There's still points, isn't it? No, he blocked it from going over. Oh, like a rejection? Mm-hmm. Well, goaltending, actually, because we yeah. kept probably coming down. Um, and then they changed okay. the rules shortly thereafter, which is just sort of leaning me towards... So what you were saying is it was actually legal at the time. It was within the letter of the law, I believe. So I think this is within the letter. Look, it might force Greenberg and bloody um, Archer to change the rules, but at the end of the day, it's, you're going to get some uh, mileage out of it. Okay, so my only theory is why that can't, that wouldn't, would be allowed illegal, is that because those other guys are touching you and lifting you, they are touching the ground while they're lifting you. So then my other thought was then why don't you, if you have a good athletic 5'8 that's going to receive the ball like Whiten, mm. he starts six, six to eight metres behind the dead ball line. As soon as the kickoff occurs, he sprints, or he, you know, he works out where it's going first, and then he runs at whether he's going to catch the ball and jumps before he hits the dead ball line and catches it before he hits the ground, and then again, that's a um, that's caught, that's out of that that's kick off bound the full penalty back at halfway. So you're saying that he's because he's come from outside the field of play and he's in the air. I Rick. don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. I can't comment. I think we've spent too much time talking about it, though. I, I tell you that. For well, any any uh, people that know the uh, rugby league rule inside out, and I mean, I pretty much do. I know one guy, Sticks, that we uh, talked about. He's a a specialist. Please get us on Twitter and explain um, whether that's legal or not, or if it's got any legs. Right. Innovation-based. Okay. Why does Cooper Cronk always have a shirt off before games? I think, is it tactical? (laughs) Here we go. Is it It does make him look a bit more... That's tactical... Oh, mate, seriously? Or is it just small man syndrome? Uh, the guy, before every game, is... There's a certain period when you've got your top off in, in the changing rooms before the game, and it's 
you know, it's just relaxing and it's getting ready. You're probably strapped up if you've got your shoulders strapped and just sort of, you know, it's fine. Some people just even get a good sweat up so they don't want their jersey sweating before the game. Croc's milking this like until 30 fucking seconds before the game. And I think he knows that Fox Sports are on him. I think he knows that those cameras are in the changing rooms and I think he's milking it. He does look taller um, when he's got his shirt off. Um it, I mean, it's. I think, and as we got to give Mickey Darling uh, another big fan of the show the kudos for bringing us up. Mm. He's right, like it's small man syndrome. The guy has got a good carcass. Um, he works hard for it. Gets paid one million plus dollars a year plus all the brown paper bags the roosters are feeding him. Mm. On him, um, but yeah, then it gets at half time. It comes straight off. But it might be just be thermodynamics. It might just cool him down quicker. I'm extremely dubious. Um, and he's got a gig with Fox Sports too, so maybe that contributed to it. Maybe um, a lot of people like singing with this kid off. I just think he's milking it too far. Most people's jerseys go back on, not Cronks. I want everyone to keep an eye on for that. I was actually very um, intrigued last night uh, at the SCG uh, changing sheds. Andy Raymond was basically just waltzing through the Roosters changing sheds and like asking... Um, like just if they're getting changed, there must have been some setup because Tedesco's just having a yarn to um, I don't know uh, Tedavano or something, and then Randy Ram just comes up and goes, "Oh, this is all live. Oh, can I have a chat to you?" And then he gets Cooper Cronk to ask them. It was very interesting. Did you see it? No, no. It was quite good. It was quite good TV. But I mean, if you're a rooster, I mean, I wouldn't want like Raymond just uh... especially with his the, the un- yeah Raymond. Mr. Monday oh, Night, Mr. Monday Night is what Tadishi calls him. Quote. He Wait, was, was Monday Night Football, wasn't he? He was. Oh, he was just the steam coming off that head. The Quote steam coming off the head. Quote me though, and there's quite a few, and I've never had this, but I know a lot of teams do. Um, have like female strappers and stuff. What yeah. is the? Um, what is the? Uh, what is the common decency you do when you've got females on the? Well, I can speak from I can speak from experience. I can speak from experience. Early two thousands, playing contact sport, and we had a trainer strapper. I'm not going to reveal who she is. She was actually quite famous. She was an ex Olympian, and she would hang around out the front of the showers and just have a conversation with you. Absolute full stark nude. Obviously, the um, many of the younger um, or, or the Polynesians would often wear shower, uh, undies in the shower. Um, I certainly didn't. I was brought up that there's no way in hell that you don't shower nude in a um, in a same sex male changing room. Um, but she would just stand there watching. She would literally stand there having a conversation with you, and watching watching what you were doing. It was kosher. What yourself? Or like just making sure that you're washing yourself so you don't. It make just so injury. happened that on time and time again, she found herself in conversations with people who were in the showers, and it wasn't frowned upon. But kind of, I think looking back now, probably a little bit inappropriate. Is it though? I mean, she's there to do a job. Let's let's roll reverse. Let's just say I was a strapper in a nipple team, and I'm sitting outside the showers having a conversation with someone. How long would it take me to get arrested? Quote. That is actually a very good role reversal. I mean, it's actually interesting. But I mean, let me just. But if you're a proper professional, you should be able to do that. Yeah, you should. 
I mean, that, that kind but of stuff, nudity shouldn't get in the way. Body parts shouldn't get in the way. I mean, on so the... It's, it comes back to what I talked about. Like, they used to got poor old Tedesco and Sivano. They, they knew they were behind Kronk as he was getting interviewed. Mm. And they're just like, mate, all I want to do is just take these clothes off and have a shower. Exactly. But there's a bloody in there. So then I thought, maybe, how do we do this better? So what we do is we have, because it's all digital now, so we have Fox League, and then we have Fox League X-rated. So basically, as soon as the game... <laughs> like Big Brother Uncut. Quite switch over. How good was Big Brother school, Uncut? And then everyone, and then everyone basically, and you have to put your PIN number in, in, in case like eight-year-old Freddie tries to watch. But then, at least, the, and then the players know that they can just get go about what they want to do, just get stark and straight away, just get like, they're just purely nude while getting interviewed. And then they're actually, you know, when you only have the headshot of the interview, they just have like the full box. They're standing there getting interviewed in the nude with Andy Raymond in his beautiful suit. Um, yeah. Is that good? Outstanding. But I don't think that, given rugby league's history with um, content off the field, I don't think that would fly. It's not just the, the blokes. It'll be the Kiwi Ferns and Jellaroos as well. Um, yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. I'm just going to have to pause for two seconds. I've just got a, um, just got a little billy lid that's crying. Hold on a second. It's out. Um, sin bin patrols. Protocols, not patrols. Although a sin bin patroller, um, probably the game needs it at the moment. We're still not. We're still not cracking down on this hard enough, are we? Are we on Sinbins? Yeah. Why, there should be more of them. Well, how do you get Sinbind? You lie on the ball, put a professional foul. Is it still, like, there's too much interpretation, though, isn't there? Like, in terms of... Look, actually, I'm starting to think about it. I think you're right. Like, there's so many professional fouls that a guy on TV can see, and the refs don't. They sort of give the warning. Like, fuck the warning off, and just say, you've lied down, you're stopping them attacking and playing running reggae football, you're off for 10. Yeah. Actually, there was a great montage they had on, um, and it was actually quite good the other night, and I don't really rate it, uh, Professor's Late Hit, because mm. they had uh, Bill, Bill Harrigan on. Oh, I love that. Um, and basically, they they went through some of his um, Sinbins, uh, and he was just brilliant the way he Sinbin people. He was just like, off, I've t- just get off, off, yeah. you got 10. Just uh, now, goal. just go, is what he said to Gordier. Uh, just go. <laughs> He actually had respect from the players. And then they brought up one where he got rid of Hindy. And it was actually, to be honest, it was a bit harsh on Hindy. He was lying on a little bit too much. And he just goes, Hindy, off. It just goes, like, it was actually quite harsh. And Hindy just walked straight off. No arguments. But he just, you can see him, like, um, <laughs> under his breath, say, fucking, fucking seafood. <laughs> and, and, and then actually, Hindy got pretty fired up, like, after watching it. He was like, mate. Literally, why did I get... He got still fired up about, like, 10 years later or even longer that Bill got rid of him. But, yeah, is it... Do you have to... The other one classic is when um, he gets rid of Gus, who's sitting on the side of the... Because Gus coaches on the side of the field next to the bench, and um, apparently Gus was... Um, he was just... Gus was giving it to the touch judge, and um, uh, Bill went over to the touch judge and goes, oh, what the hell is screaming at all that abuse at you? And the touch judge goes, oh, it's him, that fat prick. It was Gus. <laughs> she <laughs> said that. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and Gus goes, uh, the guy, Chief uh, Bill goes over to uh, Gus, just, oh, you're off, mate. And he goes, what? I wasn't even going. He goes, 
Mate, that touch is dressed up the same as me. <laughs> that is good. Um, all right, I'm, I'm running out of time. I've got a, I've got a kid who's woken up now. He's looking to disturb the podcast. We've got the Warriors in three minutes, so I want to touch Warriors on it. Twenty-four. I want to, I want to touch on it. Just this, this is stats here I've got on Fox Sports. It's got Sheik against Ponga so far this season, and Sheik's obviously missed one, maybe two games now. Four tries to two. This is Sheik over Ponga. Meters per game, 176 to 111. 38 tackle bust to 27. Eight line breaks to six. And we have pretty comprehensive three, oh no, three try assists to four. So Ponga ahead. There's no competition here, is it? No, no. And, and I just feel like people winding me up on purpose saying that Ponga is um, in the same class as Roger. He's not. And I just can't wait to see this matchup today. What's going to happen, though, and I can see it now, Ponga's going to play a game of his fucking life, because you've said this now. This is the life of Warriors fan. I've said 24 points. I'm just being brash and honest, but why have I said this? Because I know it's going to come back and haunt me. What did you say 24 points about? We're going to win by 24. We don't flog teams. The Warriors don't flog teams. And that's our problem. Hmm. We don't put the foot on the throat. Look, this is a desperate night side. I expect a pretty uncomprehensive Warriors win by maybe eight and leave it late. Um, but on the other side, I actually am full into the camp of the Eels. And I say if the Eels win this week, I am prepared to say they are a top eight side. Yeah, and I just want Sivo to carve up today. I, was, I, want, a new, I want a new semi. The Sivo Ravalava battle today. That is just, there's going to be a lot of spite in that. Um, and gonna you're going to know who's raw bones and raw after that game. Um, right, it sounds like he's ready for the game. He's ready for the Wait, game. Just... Um, I'm ready for the game. Looking forward to it. There's a short show this week, but we obviously we, um, we needed to make sure that we recorded it. And we will be extended next this time next week. So you're going Eels Go Warriors? Go. Eels Warriors what? for you? Uh, yeah, but Dragons could. But Warriors are showing. Eels, Warriors, uh, Dragons going to be interesting. But Eels, yep. Okay, let's do this. All right, mate. Good love you, league. League.